0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app.
0: From MPB Think Radio, you are dialed to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. And the good folks like y'all who love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. We'll be your guides today on this remarkable hour. Today on the show, we will continue to talk about the Thanksgiving countdown. We'll do some turkey talk. Uh, as always, we want to center our attention around smoke meats and how to cook your bird. Eddie Wright from Eddie Wright's Barbecue will come on because we have the meats. Also, our great friend Sherry Lucas joins us to talk about the misunderstood but amazing persimmon. So, we'd love to hear from you. Do you love persimmons? Do you hate them? Do you know anything about them? How are you going to cook your bird? Shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol, how are you?
2: I'm feeling good.
0: The sun is shining where? In our minds, Java, nice choice, nice, Dice,
2: nice piece play of this morning. intro music. Good morning, Java.
3: Good morning, guys. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. The sun is shining, though. It's, it's a little cloudy. <laughs> it's well, that's day. kind
2: of a tip-off that Java is feeling good today.
0: That's
3: right. Well, uh, quite so
2: a week. So much to so talk about. <laughs> <laughs> where do, where
0: so do I begin? It is uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we are upon. Uh, It's upon us, and we do want to focus on Thanksgiving and the uh, preparations, the list. Carol, you are the keeper of the—last week you you gave— I wouldn't
2: trust me with the list, but you have. You
0: you got us started on checklist. We'll continue with that today. We'll talk a lot about— Thanksgiving Sides, which Tim Pierce was on last week. And boy. Could we
2: have talked to him forever.
0: Talk about drilling into a, a topic. Yes, he was fantastic.
2: He was fantastic. And our show, our cooking show, has something that I believe no other cooking show has, and that is Java. Data.
0: Oh, and Java. Oh, data.
2: <laughs> Tim Pierce did a spreadsheet, I mean, this very elaborate spreadsheet of all of the comments. Of all of the people that posted on Cooking and Coping about what was loved, what was hated, what were the best side recipes, who hated baby marshmallows, who hated green bean casserole, and we have it in a document.
0: It was impressive. (coughs) We've got data. Yes. All right, so um, before we uh, dive deep into Thanksgiving, and uh, we do welcome our listeners If you want to discuss Thanksgiving, if you have favorite Thanksgivings you want to uh, recall and share with us or dishes that you love to serve or to be served, no question is beneath us or above us. We love hearing from you. But a few tidbits. Uh, Last night, uh, my wife, Kara, introduced a new term to me. She was going to make stir fry, and she said she had done a bunch of research on how to get the, in this case, chicken tender before you stir fry it. And she discovered the process called velveting, velveting the meat. Carol, are you familiar?
2: Malcolm, I am not, but I'm so happy that you have a new culinary term to banter about. To
0: share, yes. This practice uh, is marinating slices of meat. You go ahead and cut your meat. This was uh, chicken breast. You slice your meat up, and you marinate it in egg white, wine, and corn starch. Ah. Oh. And anything else that you would like to put in there. It is a Chinese cooking technique uh, that uh, that works like a miracle. Typically, after the meat is marinated, it is quickly blanched in a bath of hot oil, then drained, at which point it is ready to be stir-fried with your vegetables, and your broth and your other ingredients. The end result is the meat is extremely tender, silky, and smooth in texture. <clears throat> it is uh, easier for restaurants to do this because of the oil blanching. It is also known as passing through oil.
2: Now, it, I have heard that term.
0: But we did not do that step. We, mari- we simply marinate, we, Kara, uh, <laughs> marinate. <laughs> that is the royal <clears throat> way. Correct, oh, change of <laughs> She marinated the slices of uh, chicken in this uh, white wine, uh, egg white, and cornstarch, and it was incredibly tender and velvety, as the term suggests.
2: Gosh, I'm speechless. I love learning a new term first thing in the morning.
0: Now, uh, this past weekend, football, of course, was in the air. Uh, I uh, made the journey up to Oxford and back to attend the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Java and I were talking about football earlier today, and Jackson State won big, now continues. Ten.
2: ten games. Uh,
3: yeah, ten in a row. Speak to us. And the SWAC uh, championship will be played at Veterans Memorial Stadium on December 3rd. So we got one one more party in Jackson.
0: (laughs) Could be an opportunity to gather around Eddie Wright's grill, perhaps, Java. Yes, sir. And the tailgating out front. Oh,
3: yeah. It's going to be a grand old time.
0: But uh, anyway, so I went to Oxford. Uh, My grandson, Wilder, rode with me up there. We had a fabulous time. He snacked on his uh, little uh, treats that I packed for him and played with his new truck, and we had a big time going to Oxford to see his grandmother, Vivian. Uh, but I uh, met up with Sally, Carol, our great friend, Sally, Sally Holworth. Sally Slater,
2: Killebrew, Holworth.
0: Right. And Sally and I walked to, uh, to the Grove. And actually went to the circle where my friends, the Sansings, gather every year. And Sal went over and met some of her friends in the actual grove. So she was in the grove. I was in the outer circle. The circle up there. And I got there late, so I was sort of eating what was left on the table. But I got into two things that were delicious. One was a broccoli salad. And I think the broccoli salad is underrated. You know, I saw that Tim Pierce had posted broccoli salad with his fried seafood platter that they had either last night or the night before. But I, I just thought about this, you know, it's raw broccoli cut up into a sort of a mayonnaise yeah. onion, uh, pepper uh, salad, really nice.
2: I, I think we should uh, bring it back, and in fact, I think it is being brought back from decades ago when it was a more of a mayonnaise
0: mm-hmm.
2: concoction with lots of uh, little... Cheese things in Trying it. Trying to, to hide now, the broccoli. Yeah, it, but now you'll see uh, <clears throat> broccoli, cranberry, yes. and pecan or walnuts.
0: Exactly. There were like, nuts involved here.
2: Yes, there are many crunches. Sounds so that's great.
0: A great Thanksgiving side. Yeah. The broccoli salad. To and replace
2: I, the green bean casserole, which, which obviously not, has...
0: People have turned on it. I know. It was on once a family tradition. And from,
2: from the data we An saw. An honored,
0: beloved family tradition falls from grace. It does. People have it's, had it with green it's like bean the emperor casserole. has no
2: clothes. People thought they had to worship the green bean casserole, and it's, no, they don't.
0: Yeah. It's, it's Here's tough. to broccoli. Evolution is a, is a brutal. Also, I had some great homemade tamales, and I got there just a bit too late for Lib Sansings, delicious deviled eggs. I missed it just by a hair. But anyway, it was, it was a great time to gather, and it was good to hang out with Sally and David uh, and the Sansings uh, there on campus. And then I drove home, Carol, to, well, be, to be in Jackson when I awoke the following day. I
2: spent day. the whole weekend cooking for Thanksgiving because, <clears throat> as you know, I have 23 loved ones.
0: 20- 23 three and now
2: i have 14 of them spending the night wednesday thursday friday and saturday nights Whoa, so there's Nelly. much cooking going Whoa. on but uh but two things i cooked that are notable
1: yes
2: the first is i made tim pierce's mother's cornbread dressing
0: mm, which was cornbread in chicken one dressing. week ago today it was in this control and room.
2: we ate it and i learned a big lesson because last year i tried to make it i you know, the recipe was in cooking and coping. And I went, eh, nobody cooks a chicken without aromatics in the water.
0: Not just a chicken, but a hen.
2: A hen. Yeah, right. This is not important. I also said nobody makes dressing without putting raw eggs in it to bind it. Wrong. That goes as in Tim the Tim said, bread. the eggs go in the cornbread. But I made it exactly as he said in uh, Java – has posted the recipe, and I'm going to let Java weigh in on where you can find it. But before you do, there's going to be a correction today.
0: Oh, on in the recipe?
2: Yes, because when you get to adding the chicken, you have this whole huge hen, and you say, how is all of this going to go and all of that? Yeah. And so I contacted Tim, and he said that you can put— as much or as little as you want. So he's going to put a little parentheses in the recipe because uh-huh. people were struggling. You not put the whole hen co- in there. and saying what? Right. How, so I, I put probably about two cups. Well, of
0: he chicken. said he said last week that you don't use all of the the meat; that it's too much; that the hen is, is just too much. And you know, his mo- his mother also referred to this as chicken and dressing, as opposed to yes, you know, made with cornbread
2: but I'm a convert after eating it last week I wanted it exactly uh, like
0: good like good.
2: we had it and one more dish and I'm I'm really happy I get to talk to you about this is I made Mrs. Hamaker's sweet potato casserole and it's from the Cotton Country Collection cookbook <laughs> one of the just old grand cookbooks. It it was named uh, by the Tabasco Community Classics, one of the top one hundred cookbooks in America, and this sweet potato casserole recipe has circled the globe, literally. And we we have heard, and the Junior League of Monroe has heard about it being served everywhere. All
0: around the globe.
2: Knowing this, a few years ago, you and I featured it on Deep South Dining and talked about our dear friend Brooks Hammaker. This was his grandmother. And sadly, Brooks has passed on. And we praised and praised this casserole. Then we heard
0: from Robin
2: the rest of the story.
0: From Robin Hammaker. uh, And you can share what, what we learned from Robin vis a vis the Facebook.
2: Yes. We learned that the famous recipe, in fact, that Mrs. Hammaker could literally do nothing except but cook a little roast, was the only thing that, that she could cook. But her daughter was in charge of the testing committee from the cookbook. And had this wonderful sweet potato recipe, and she just had her name on so many things. They just stuck Mrs. Hamaker's name on the recipe, and she has gotten credit for the past 50 years.
0: She's become an icon. She
2: has become an uh, icon.
0: Because her daughter put her name on this particular recipe. This could happen to anyone. It
2: could happen to anyone, and again, Java has posted the recipe. Tell us, tell us where to find them, Java.
3: Yeah, you can go to our website mpbonline.org/slash/blogs/slash/deep-south-dining, or you can just go to our website mpbonline.org, click our radio tab, and then click Deep South Dining. And they are um, available to download, so you can keep them, you know, keep them offline. Uh, also has a new link to the um, cooking and coping page. It's a nice little, nice, nice blog. Want to thank our our digital digital team for helping put that together
2: okay one more sweet potato this is from news of the world news from the world you picked this up from april mcgregor our great friend from vardaman mississippi who lives in philadelphia pa her brother preston mcgregor has received the outstanding young farmer award from the national sweet potato festival And April says that he's built an impressive farming and packing operation from nothing. And she is so proud of him, as we are. And she said you can go to countylinepacking.com if you want to check out his operation. Don't call him this week because they're working double shifts to get Thanksgiving orders Well, he's gotten this big award. It is a huge – that is a huge honor.
0: Plus – it is Thanksgiving season, and everybody and their uncle wants sweet potatoes. Exactly. You had some looked like homegrown sweet potatoes in a bowl in your kitchen the other yeah day I when I was over
2: yeah yeah I did. They're Vardaman sweet potatoes, little
0: little guys. Uh uh-huh. They were they're,
2: they're looking good. But uh, let's let's talk to Java about getting him on the show in an appropriate yes, time of year. April's
0: brother. Yes, of course, of course. One more uh, tidbit in <clears throat> international news. Our great friend. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine Trigiani has announced and rolled out her new olive oil. The 2022 harvest of oils is now available for people in Europe, Italy, and, of course, North America to order. Olio della Donna is, I hope I pronounced that correctly, is the, the new company. Uh, Elaine makes super high quality extra virgin olive oil in Tuscany and in Sicily. Yes, Elaine is
2: a Jackson native. She uh, grew up here, went to St. Joseph's High School. Um, A lot of family here, and a lot of Jacksonians follow her, follow her cooking shows, go to Italy and take trips with her, and have been ordering her olive oil for a long time. But this is a new olive oil.
0: Yes, this is the oil she's always wanted to make, and she's very proud of it. And uh, in the uh, body of the email that I got, she she talks a little bit about <clears throat> the nature of the olive tree and how it every other year supposedly produces an abundance of olives. And some years, the next year, it's an off year. But she goes on to explain uh, that the extreme heat and lack of rain has, has really lowered the harvest, but that uh, she got some really great uh, olive oils, uh, olives from her Tuscan uh, uh, Region where it's one of the two regions where she's making oil, and, and but the Sicily region was 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 very uh, was very generous, and so she has two oils to offer, and we're going to put this info up for for our listeners who are interested in ordering some of Elaine Trigiani's oil, either for Christmas uh, for, or for next year for birthdays and very for limited gift
2: supply. But it's so great to see a fellow Mississippian. Uh, just really succeed in the food world like yes, she has
0: absolutely. Carol, what can you tell me about this cake?
2: Well, I want to talk to Sherry Lucas about it, but I'll talk to you about it too. It's it tastes like a spice cake. It just Does. it's not screaming persimmon to me.
0: Well, what flavors would you say persimmons scream? Um, for example, for me, when I taste a persimmon and I don't want to influence the. Taste testing that we're about to have, but I taste cantaloupe, honey, squash, maybe
2: cantaloupe and honey. I like that, Malcolm.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, but I had to think about that this morning because I've never paid very close attention to the persimmons. Though there was a persimmon tree in my grandmother Pat's yard,
2: it was probably one of those pucker pucker.
0: It was like- a pucker tree. It had it had three roles. One was to try to kind of pull a trick on people and ask them to bite one and watch them pucker. Its other function was bees. There were bees everywhere when they ripened and they must have been pollinating half of Wiggins. And then the other thing was we used them to throw at each other. (laughs) We We would play games and throw persimmons and splatter them all over each other's clothing. We thought that was funny. Our parents did not.
2: Yeah. And one of the reasons that we called Sherry Lucas yesterday is because we've been pondering about the persimmon. Do we have Sherry, Sherry with us? I'm here. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Uh, Sherry. Yeah. Malcolm and I have been pondering about this and you were good enough to jump on the phone with us this morning. You have been gifting persimmons around the region.
4: <laughs> well, I have 5 trees and that's more than 2 people can eat. So that's why I've been doing all this sharing. Although we brought in the last of the harvest, and um, Randall has turned from generous into Mr. Gatekeeper, Ooh. and he's only letting a few out at a time. <laughs> Sounds
2: like we're going to be cut off, Malcolm.
0: Yeah, we're cut off, but thankfully we have—I have, I have four or five left. I don't know. You—you you have a whole box, I understand.
2: Mine are mine are all gone, but uh, Sherry, tell us.
0: Well, th- tell us. you'll be coming to my house trying to get a
4: couple.
2: <laughs> well, um. So t- tell us about your place. Where are you, and uh, what are you growing down there?
4: Okay, I'm in Summit right now, and we have five Fuyu persimmon trees, which are non-astringent. And we have two native persimmons, or American persimmons, that aren't old enough to start having kids or fruit yet. And we're Randall wants to plant more trees, hmm. and I, I don't know if I'm going to allow that, but I, I think I want to try another Asian that is astringent because I hear that's that's probably the one you want to use for cooking and baking. Oh, okay. See, I, I, just, okay. I, just, I just eat them raw, mostly. Well, I mean, you're using the
2: term, the correct term, astringent. We were using the <laughs> word pucker. What do we know? But when you No,
4: that's true. When I, you I bite on a
2: persimmon, your lips kind of curl back and it's kind of a dry, weird taste. Yeah.
4: You get fuzzy yeah, tongue. You
0: look fact. like you look, and you begin to speak like Mr. Ed after you've bitten a persimmon. For <laughs> our listeners who are under fifty, they don't know Mr. Ed, but the talking horse. But we do.
4: No, I've done that. I've bitten into a and um in a string of persimmon. Before, so you're so saying those exactly
2: persimmons like are the ones that you cook with?
4: Those are the ones that you have to wait until they're practically squishy hmm. before they're ripe. And they're, and they might appear to be overripe, but I've I've heard it compared to like, you know, a mango that you want to buy. Mango. So it it's it's kind of like, um, you know, just for texture, for feeling if it's ripe. Mm-hmm. But those, but those are kind of, you know, I've seen people cut those and they're they're just glistening, they're juicy and kind of gel like, and not. Firm, like these ones that I gifted to y'all.
0: And again, for our listeners, which variety have you gifted us that we're going to taste here in minute?
4: That's
0: Fuyu. Fuyu. Okay. Fuyu, okay.
2: And, and it, it, it is, uh, well, we're going to taste test, but you know, I've avoided the persimmon for years in, because of the pucker factor and was so surprised when I tasted one of these.
0: They're delicious.
2: So shall we well, have a taste you, test? Can... All right.
0: All right. Sherry, on this end of the line, Java and Carol and I, we all uh, have a slight two slices of fruit in front of us. And the reason that I chose the second fruit is because you made the analogy of you peel them and slice them like an apple and you eat them like an apple. So first thing we're going to do, Java, if you wouldn't mind being the, the guinea pig, if you would take a bite of your persimmon. And share
3: three words. I'm way ahead of you. So, <laughs> of course, you are. So my three my three words. We're uh, gonna say crisp. Um, uh, let's see. I, I hate to steal your word, but it's there cantaloupe mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and tart tart? Very good.
0: Now, uh, Carol, would you mind? Biting into your persimmon and sharing a few words.
2: I'm way ahead of you.
0: Of course. <laughs> Who's afraid of dead air?
2: Not when you're crunching. <laughs>
3: it's not completely dead.
2: Crunch. 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 Sweet.
3: Mm-hmm. I like sweet.
2: Can I use one of Jaffa's words? Sure.
3: Tart. Tart. Uh, yeah.
2: Sweet—that's what I call it. sweet tarts. Sweet mm. tart, <laughs> like the
3: uh, like the candy.
2: Malcolm,
0: um, I'm going to go with snap because it has a nice bite. Uh, I taste honey um, and cantaloupe to share Java's uh, definition. They to me they taste a lot like cantaloupes, um, but anyway, they're really delicious and they're surprising. That's what Kara said when I gave her a slice; she was shocked and amazed. Because that was not what she expected the thing to taste like from looking at it.
3: Yeah, because they don't. They really don't. If you've never seen a persimmon, it doesn't look like much. <laughs> oh, I think it's quite beautiful. But hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's like a. It's like it's like a a, a, a tomato, a little bit um, with and, a little crown. Yeah, with a little <laughs> crown on Got it. Got a little crown. Beautiful Orange. crowns. <laughs> All right, now uh, Java,
0: if you would bite the other fruit that I put in front of you and, and think about the comparisons.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a. I'm glad you paired it with the apple. It is a, um, a super comparison. The apple, is, I would say, ten times sweeter. But, Much. Uh, yes. But the persimmon, persimmon has nice flavor, though.
0: Carol.
2: Crackle. Crackle sweet
0: mm-hmm. you know I almost with this apple and i forget what kind it is i sort of get a lemon limey thing going on there very tart delicious
2: you should have been a wine taster
0: <laughs> <laughs> instead i became a wine head yeah. <laughs> all right so thank you for the for the persimmons now sherry um You know, I read that the persimmon is technically a berry. What do you think about that? Really? Yeah.
4: I have not read that. Well. I've uh, not read that.
0: uh, And I've also read that they vary in color. This one is an orange, very fall-like. It's an orange persimmon. But I also hear there are yellow ones and that there are some species that are black. Have you ever heard of such a thing?
4: I have not, but if you leave those on the counter, and they will last for a good while, they will eventually turn a very, that persimmon color, that really deep and beautiful red-orange, and
1: mm-hmm.
4: and they they will soften, and they'll get sweeter over time. But they do last a while, which which makes them good.
0: So will they lose their crunch as they age like that on the counter?
4: Yeah, they'll soften up. So, so, yeah, tell
2: us what, what all you're cooking. Now, I mean, one one thing I, I do want to talk about is your persimmon ginger sorbet that we saw in cooking and cooking. But, <laughs> but uh, in addition to that, what are you doing with your persimmons?
4: I really just, you know, primarily I eat them raw. I put them in salads. I put them in oatmeal every morning. I put them, um, you know, I'll have them for snacks. I'll put them in salads. And I was just tooling around with the um, when it was hot in October, <laughs> and and recently you know we had those like 80 degree days. That's what got me thinking of you know something like ice cream. And once I got the ice cream maker out, you know I just was going through some sorbets, and I made two different ones.
0: Well, I would um, think uh, a salad would be a, a delightful use of this fruit or vegetable. Or berry, yeah, whatever it is. They're
4: great in a kale and persimmon salad.
0: I like that. What about a fruit salad? Because I thought of ways that we use a cantaloupe, and how could we use the persimmon in the similar way? In the cantaloupe, I thought about a fruit salad.
2: That would work. You know, when I couldn't, I didn't have. I'm, I'm sure you're talking about one of those hand crank. Ice cream makers that you? Uh, no. Put the (laughs) not one that you put the canister in the freezer.
4: Yeah, I'm talking about a little Cuisinart. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I
2: wanted to make your sorbet, but I I had no device, and so I looked up. I was looking at recipes, and persimmon is really enjoying this moment in the sun right now. Even the New York Times had persimmon recipes, but there were persimmon puddings, persimmon cakes. And I ended up making a persimmon cake from Southern Living, but it was so disappointing to me because the uh, the persimmon flavor doesn't come through. It it tastes, I mean, it tastes good, but it tastes like a spice cake or a zucchini muffin. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah,
4: I, I had the same experience. I'd, I made some persimmon scones, and it, you know, I just, I'm probably not going to do it again. Um, but I, I understand the hachia. Persimmon, um, which is another Asian persimmon, but it is astringent. So you wait till it's you know soft and very very ripe before you use it. But I've heard that that one has a more intense flavor and can you know maybe does better. And and those, I have a friend with a tree, and she always put her, puts hers up in you know in these uh, two cup bags that are perfect for making James Beard's persimmon bread. <laughs>
2: Oh, wow, well, oh, and I did and that's, see that's the persimmon bread, right. yeah. But uh, b- most of these recipes call for pulp, and you told me you did yours. How did
4: yeah, you do I food I processed the heck out of it, and um, <laughs> it, it eventually did turn into pulp. So yeah.
2: that's what I used. And then there's another another technique that you can push it through a strainer, but I think that would only oh, be for God. the astrin- astringent <laughs> ones. I, I want to
3: change my power. I want to change my three words, Malcolm. <laughs> oh, okay. Let, you, I've revised uh taste testing here. Go ahead. Yeah, for my for my persimmon, mm-hmm. I want to say not sweet apple. <laughs> not sweet apple. A persimmon, it's a not sweet apple. Okay. You're so
2: creative, Mel.
3: I know <laughs> we, we need to get him on a cooking and cooking. Yeah, we do. We really Deep South dining. Show. I'm on a, I'm on a Facebook uh I
2: think you can make a haiku out of that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I
0: love that. And
4: that would be appropriate for an yeah. <laughs> Java, have
0: you seen that commercial? I think it's for Corona Beer or something where the, where uh, Snoop Dogg is sitting on the beach with his, his buddy. And with he, and uh, Andy he's trying, Sandberg, yeah. And he's trying to rap. Yeah, he's <laughs> Sometimes to, I feel like
3: that guy. He's like, no, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh Sherry, thank you so much for agreeing to, to come oh. on on short notice this morning. Thank you, um, Sherry.
0: We appreciate your being the persimmon fairy in gifting, our lives.
2: Gifting persimmons all over central Mississippi. Oh,
0: and for creating so this conversation. I mean, we would have not gone we down the persimmon have, hole. If, had if, it if, not been for you. So we thank you. And Well,
4: thanks for having me on. I loved it.
0: Sherry just recently worked on a Book project, Carol, Yeah, you can share for, with our for, listeners as uh, we fade in With my our break.
2: husband, John Palmer, and yet Sherry's always been one of my favorite writers, so I take full credit for getting <laughs> the two of them together.
0: Good choices. <laughs> You've know. always made good choices.
2: <laughs> I know I have.
0: Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, it's Monday, and we are glad you are tuned in to Deep South Dining. We are happy to be here. We're gonna get some uh, phone calls in right here before we bring in Eddie Wright. I've got a caller from Philadelphia. Larry's on the phone. Hey, Larry, what's happening?
1: Yeah, you were doing the segment on the uh, persimmons, and uh, as a kid, we used to get those persimmons, and we would uh, bite the shell, and if you bite to the, the seed rather. And once you bite into it, you'll see a spoon or a fork that meant you were getting married. If you just saw a spoon, that mean you were in
0: love. Oh. Have, nah, this
2: now this is this is really fortune telling using
0: the persimmon.
2: So you bite into it, and if you see a fork,
0: the seeds or, and a spoon right. and a fork, spoon that and meant a fork, meant you were getting married. You're getting or married. Meat. And what and was the other?
1: Saw, but just a spoon or a fork separate, that mean you're
0: just in love. You were just in love if you just saw one or the other, but if you saw both a spoon and a fork, you were getting married, and these were uh, created by the seeds, right?
1: Yeah, once you bite into the seeds, you'll see it'll look like a spoon, and it'll look like a fork.
2: You know, I'm just having visions of little boys squealing. If they saw us, but no, we were boys and the girls,
1: but little cousins and
2: all. Yeah, just, you know, squealing with, with whatever they saw there and throwing percentage. With, with or glee
0: reg- or, I know, or you it's know, scared like. to death. <laughs> this is good. Larry, thank you.
2: Larry, that man, this is, is so wonderful.
0: This is good stuff. Thank you so much f- <laughs> okay, for listening. Guys, have a great day. Okay, yeah, you too. <clears throat> Thanks for calling and sharing that, that uh, folktale. It's a beautiful thing. Now, Chris is calling. I don't know where, but from somewhere in America, perhaps. Chris, what's going on, my friend?
1: (laughs) Hey, good morning. Hey, thank you all so much. Look, I'm going to kind of go in right Bill, just a minute. My wife has kind of found me for a loop. She went and bought – we went and bought a – she had to have her a certain kind of stove and oven and all that. And she got her one of them – is it an air fryer that's in the stoves that they're doing now? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Air fryers, hot okay. thing.
1: Okay, well, my thing is I don't know nothing about none of them. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm a real stickler. On, I love my measuring cups. I'm real fanatic about it's got to be this. You know, that's kind of like some things, if you follow directions, follow directions. And I'm a stickler on, is there any difference from a convenient oven and an air dryer oven? Is it different times? I just... I know nothing about them yet, and I'm such to learn.
0: Okay, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. We have uh, scratched our heads and had many people come on to talk about the air fryer. So, uh, Carol, we're,
2: we're trying to learn ourselves. We are I, learning. I know a convection oven does use fans, moves and,
0: air around, and, and moves
2: heat. air around, but um, you know. You've stumped
0: us on this one. Well, except Eddie, we got Eddie Wright in here. Do you have an air fryer, Eddie Wright? (laughs) Um,
5: I do. And would you report out on them, please? Report out. uh, Well, I'll just say this. History repeats itself. We all know this, right? Right. So the air fryer is somewhat new, but the convection oven isn't. It's just been re-stamped, remodeled, and now it's in a countertop. Uh, frame form as it's always been, but it's just kind of one of those things. But the air fryer is just one of the coolest inventions. Um, It's for some, it's a healthier way of eating foods when you're not frying it, deep frying it in grease. You're just frying it over a uh, pretty much a convection oven with a uh, with that's elevated at the base, so it allows the drippings to basically drip into a container, and you kind of have a less saturated effect. And, type of
0: and food. D- does it taste like it's fried to you?
5: Um, yes. Okay. I have made some of the most insanely great wings. I, an air fryer. Ooh, wings, is just, oh, It is just out of this world. Great. So,
0: what would you say to our our caller, our listener about uh, about learning about the air fryer, how to get started? If you've never seen one, never used one,
5: how would you get started? Um, Read the instruction manual. I would guess would be a good start. True, but the best thing you can do: crack open YouTube, type in air fryer recipes, and let the world <clears throat> just feed you the greatness.
0: Let the Internet
5: speak. Let the Internet. It's just so much information out yeah. here. Okay. And there are so many great people that have gone through this and gone through the learning process about all these cooking devices and different things. That there's, there's nothing you can't find out about on YouTube or the Internet. So
0: Great. All right. We have another caller. Susan is calling us from the Queen City Meridian. Hello, Susan. How are you? We are great. How are I'm
4: you? So I enjoy your program very much. But, you know, I'm really wanting that recipe for the cornbread dressing with the hen, and I couldn't catch the uh, uh,
1: website because I was driving.
0: Where where to find the cornbread dressing, Tim Pierce cornbread dressing? Java, would you mind?
3: Well, Susan, if you go to our website, mpbonline.org, just our our regular website, mpbonline.org. At the top, there's a banner uh, with different options you want to choose radio, and then you want to click on deep south dining and that'll get you to okay. uh, the recipe yeah.
4: fantastic I thank you very much
0: well, we thank you thank you for listening and thank you for calling so Eddie yes. <clears throat> what is going on in your world? Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and you're you're the meat man talk, <laughs> talk to us about what you do with the bird and what you're what you're up to
5: gotcha uh well, for those who don't know those of um And those of you who do uh, it is holiday season and for all of us who do um, turkeys and holiday hams and things of that nature, it is essentially the Super Bowl of cooking. Um, You will have all the orders you can shake a stick at. If you want the world, it will most definitely walk a path to your door. So you have to be careful. This is primarily turkey season and um, a lot of people are going to be asking for fried or smoked turkeys and um, some are going to want something custom and some people are just going to want something traditional. Us here at Right Barbecue, we are um, specializing in the smoked turkey domain. So we put a Frankenstein injection, is what we like to call it. We can't give you the recipe <laughs> of it right now. But uh, we, we, we give it a nice little interior flavor and we roll it over in our beautiful Hickory ELEDX smoker, which holds about 750 pounds of meat at one time. Roughly about 40 turkeys if we just kind of squeeze them all in there at one time. And it's just the most amazing meal you've ever had. A smoked turkey is just something to be admired. Nothing against deep frying, but smoked is just Mm -hmm. my preference.
2: I have to tell my smoked turkey tradition, and that was the tradition in my family. My father, Ben Puckett, was quite the barbecue aficionado. Mm -hmm. And he was well known at barbecue places all over town as a customer and we always had a smoked turkey you know for
4: mm.
2: as long as i can remember and he would go to his favorite pit masters and barbecue people and buy smoked turkeys for all of his six children and you know his his good friends and so this is what i was used to i thought it was normal and during my starter marriage mm-hmm. in the early days, my <laughs> then-husband's family came down from Peoria, Illinois, Illinois. for Thanksgiving. So we were mm. on our, you know, P's and Q's and pins and needles getting ready for Thanksgiving. Right. And so, of course, my father dropped the smoked turkey by. And my husband actually asked me, he said, do you mind... Putting the Pulling the smoked turkey out of the oven so his mother <laughs> would think that I had made the turkey. He was embarrassed what? that I had not cooked a turkey. And I was going, You know, she's not going to buy that. You don't just pull a smoked turkey, it's, it's just turkey not going to be the out same. Of the oven. And I, I was just flabbergasted because I thought everybody knew that a smoked turkey was it. But for him, you know, his new wife wasn't doing the traditional.
0: Well, I, hope, I fell short. I hope you shared that with the therapist later.
2: Uh, yeah, $150 an hour.
0: <laughs> Eddie, what kind of wood do you use to smoke these birds that you're um, talking the about? The
5: birds this year, we're going to be doing a uh, pecan and cherry blend. Uh, we play we play with, played with a little bit of maple. Um, Great color. Uh, great flavor, but it was a little dark for the tape, for the um, for the appearance for some people. So mm. we're gonna stick with our traditional cherry and pecan mix. So the smoke makes the bird dark? Depending on what smokes you, what uh woods you use. So some huh. woods are lighter woods like your pecan like your cherries and your fruit woods, and right. then you have darker woods, you have your pecan and you have um maples. Maple is a very awesome wood, great aroma, great flavor, but it colors dark because it's a harder wood. Hmm. So it'll sometimes scare people to be like, Oh well that looks like it's overcooked. Like it's It's burned. Right, but it's not. It Uh just gives it a really dark mahogany color. Well Um, I know you're a a a
2: professional barbecue pit master, but I'm sure your buddies and other people ask for advice for their home operations and for smoking their turkeys at home. So Do you have some advice for all the turkey smokers out in our listening area?
5: Yes, take as many orders as you can, so I don't have as many this year. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Last year I was very, uh, pretty much up against the wall for three days. I was just, it it was a lot. So yes, if you have any turkeys that you like to (laughs) smoke, please smoke a lot. It's less (laughs) that I have to do, Uh, but no, and all seriously, um, just love the bird. Put your own pizzazz to it and just um, – you, you can't cheat the love and you can't cheat the work. When you just, when you smoke a turkey for someone else, there's a transition that should happen. You should transition your love for that meal into that food, and that should be able to be tasted and seen when it's delivered to the person. Now, future.
0: Eddie, I did not know you were a food psychic. I'm not a psychic. I'm just a guy who loves to eat. No, no. I, this is a topic that I'm <laughs> immensely fascinated by, about transmuting, transferring
5: love from yeah. the food to the to the diner. I, I think this is a real thing and I'm it glad is. to hear you talk about it. It is. It's a different type of, uh, I like to say it's a different type of service. Um, I didn't understand it for a while until I got into it, um, but when you love something, and it goes across all platforms, when you love something, you will do it for free. Because there's something that you get from within when you put your product in someone's hands, on a table or in a notebook or just whatever. So when you're serving people and it gives you that interior feeling to where it's not monetary, but it's something else that just kind of speaks leaps and bounds, that's what it's all about. And that transitions. It shows. You can't cheat it. I like that. I think that.
2: this is it's it's a really topic. worthy topic because it, it's how those of us – who really love to cook, mm-hmm. love to cook mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving meal, and even though others in our family say, "Please don't go to all that trouble; just buy the dressing, or buy the." As, as they buy it for right. me, right? And and uh, <laughs> you know, which is great when people want to do mm-hmm. that. But right. for many of us, it's not. It's the love you put in the food that right. goes on the table that's an expression. You know, I want what I think and what I
5: feel. And and the, on the icing plate. on the cake of that is when you see people eat and they enjoy. Joyfully dining. It's just, it's just, it's wowing you to the person it. who prepares it. That's why they go through that. I That's why our
0: grandmothers me. were so right. happy when exactly. we were growing up to have us come to their home and
5: eat at their table. And not enough of us do that right now. We don't understand how to get how to how to put that love and that heart into it and have that transfer. That's why you have less people cooking bigger meals and just kind of and nothing against going out and buying it because some people are just kind of up against the wall on time and resources.
2: Yeah. But absolutely. you have a, you
5: have a lot that can be done over cooking a great meal and serving your family or serving friends. Uh, uh,
2: well, I was saying another thing I'd like to touch touch on is how many of the recipes that we use are passed down from mm-hmm. the generations before us. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful feeling that that is to make something that you had as a child at your grandmother, your great-grandmother's table.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only the recipe, but the vessel. You remember Tim vest- was so excited yes. about having his mother's corningware to make the dressing in He talked a lot about the dressing and the recipe, but he also talked... About the cookware, Mm -hmm. that that was his mother's. Like, I have my grandmother's black cast-iron skillets. As I do. And Eddie, I'm sure you
5: have some Mm -hmm. of your family's cookware. Yeah, we have a lot of family cookware on top of these cool little toys that I've also bought. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to transition as great as these, uh, the old cast-iron pots and pans. But I think it's just the art at where I am is what I'm more... um, into transferring, transferring the art of what I do into my son and into the people around me, and showing them that hey, as I always say, you two can do amazing barbecue the right way.
0: Eddie, would you mind taking a a, a bite of this orange orb that I've placed over okay. by you? And I'm going to let you just share with us three words after you do that of what what you sense. And then Carol, we got to get to the countdown. So we'll, after Eddie speaks of the of the um, Testing, taste testing. We're going to get back to the countdown.
5: Okay, so for the people in Radio Land, I'm Eddie Wright. I'm a simplist. I like what I like, and I don't like trying new things. But for my friends here at MPB, I will gladly try this. What is it? It's a persimmon. A persimmon. Yes. Uh, Okay. It's not going to bite you. Here we go. I am terrified it's going to bite me back. All right, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Drum roll. Now, when you start seeing
3: persimmon-flavored barbecue sauce, <laughs> you're going to know, where it, came you're gonna know from. where it came from now.
2: <laughs> it's a Mississippi thing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's her two How words. you feel?
5: I feel like I'm eating a diet peach. A diet peach. Wow, yeah. very good, Eddie. A diet peach is what I get from that. It has mm-hmm. the essence of a peach, you know, kind of how a peach is. It's it's, it's a little firmer than mm-hmm. what a peach is. It's got more of a, a, a solid texture, but it gives me a peach light essence. Wow, That's good. it's good.
0: That's real. It's good. different. Yeah, and then this. We we when we were doing our taste testing, we would we we had a second okay. uh, f- fruit to try, and then we talked about it. And what is this? That's an apple. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can handle it. Mm-hmm.
5: And then compare the two: peach light for the persimmon, peach light, apple. Pretty much, uh, the sugar factor is most definitely boosted. And um, for those who drink ciders and things like that, even just warm apple cider, you can definitely get what this breaks down to be in a in a byproduct on mm-hmm. the uh on the market. It's great traditional apple. I like it. All right, Carol. Let's count okay, down. Okay, let's. And Eddie
0: let's can
2: weigh go. in as so we go.
5: Where, where really, are we? We're, we're
2: like a week and a half from Thanksgiving. So okay. I'm going to go two weeks before and one week before. Okay. And I'm going to hammer on this again. Make room in your freezer.
0: Go ahead and Clean clear out, out your the refrigerator. freezer. Throw away the old donuts and.
2: Yes, and, the and if you're going to be making pies, as I am, go ahead and make and freeze your pie dough.
0: Hey, speaking of pies, did you see that thing I sent you from the New York Times, that pie spread?
2: Yes, I think we should Times? be all pie next Monday.
0: It's, <laughs> it's amazing. We'll do pies. The pies. Okay.
2: Um, if you're making rolls, go ahead and freeze your dough for that. Go ahead and decide if you're going to decorate your table, what you're going to do. And if you want to order flowers or mm. go get dried arrangements, this is the week to do it. Now... When you get to this Thursday, it is going to be one week before, go ahead and prepare a cooking schedule. This, to me, is one of the most important things because you have so many dishes and you have to plot how, you know, how much time each is going to go in the oven so you can maximize your oven time. And then my my most important thing to do is get a bunch of post-it notes And start pulling the dishes that you're going to be using to cook because a lot of people start rattling around in the cabinets Mm -hmm. the night before. Go ahead and pull your dishes and put a Post-it note that says uh, dressing, whatever, whatever, and uh, do that and go ahead and buy your containers for Mm -hmm. your leftovers if you don't have them. So All right,
0: that gets us started. We're and pick
2: up your turkey.
0: Uh, don't forget to pick up your turkey. Eddie Wright. Yes. Where can people find you on the internet?
5: Of course you can find us at eddiewrightbbq.com. dot com, follow us on all socials at Eddie Wright BBQ. That's W R I G H T. And um yeah. Are you
2: still taking orders for Thanksgiving? We're still
5: taking orders for Thanksgiving until the 20th. Get your order in while you can. Once the 20th (laughs) arrives, you will not want to pay the price for this bird you think you want. Oh, boy. And there you heard it. Right here on Deep South Dining, we are a production
0: of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from good folks like you, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For Carol Palmer, for our guests Sherry Lucas and Eddie Wright, I'm Malcolm White.